Aloha, this is Dr. Tiki, and my prescription for you is to listen to Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Sci-Fi Saturday Night. We will begin in mass invasion. We'll tell your people to surrender now and avoid war. It is now time for us to put Earth under our rule. It's your sacred duty to tell us the truth. Confess the truth that you will give you witchcraft. You expect me to believe that you can overrun the entire world? We cannot be defeated. We have never been defeated. That is the message of the Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Five by Saturday night. Well, good afternoon, evening, morning, everybody. It's uh, it's a it's a cold day today, <laughs> and uh, we're back, uh, such as it is, such as we are, uh, from the second day sushi stall here in uh, Area Fifty One. Welcome to Talkcast Three Hundred and Seventy, this edition of Sci Fi Saturday Night. Uh, feeling more more tired than I'd care to talk about. I am the Dome. Joining us tonight uh, are uh, Violent Virtuoso, uh, button-pushing, keyboard-clacking person of the week, Kriana. Hi. How you doing, Kriana? Which is about all we're going to hear from her tonight. But somewhere, somewhere, somewhere is Zombrarian, but she's not here tonight. And and somewhere else is, is Java, and, and he's not here tonight. But I'll tell you who is here tonight. Who's here tonight? Let me look at my notes. Ah, uh, about two months ago, I was perusing Facebook, and I saw this guy that I know saying, I really want to go to Japan. And that guy was our guest tonight, George O'Connor. George has been here with us a number of times, and yes, he's back with us again. George, welcome back to Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Thank you so much. This is number six. I'm going on to the next hand. This This is very exciting. You reach 10, you get the free prize. I'm oh, not telling you what it is. so hard on it. I can't <laughs> wait. I'm hoping so, it's a Snuggie. That could possibly be arranged, which is even scarier. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, George, we know that you do a number of things. Uh, you have a number of irons in the fire, so to speak, yes. and things that you do. Uh Aside from being an accomplished metal guitarist and a, a, a producer director of, of film and television and an incredibly cool writer, you have this wonderful passion that heretofore I had no idea about you. <laughs> and I'm guessing a lot of people didn't. Well, those in the inner circle, no. Uh, um, but see. as far as like, you know, as far as the thing that I, I put out there on Front Street, no, it's a it's a little it's a little in the back. No, you put it right out on Facebook, my friend. Oh, for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I should we just should we just. Yeah. Tell 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 the kind folks outside of Area 51 what we're talking well, about. We're not talking just professional wrestling. Oh, no. Because that would be cool enough. And we we have a number of. Mutual acquaintances who, who get their 
kicks on the Route 66 of professional wrestling. Yep. But, my God, that's an old reference. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. We're going to bring it back. Okay, great. Uh, I'd like to bring Route 66 back. I believe in us. Uh, and I'll tell you why, because I was watching Ready, Ready Player One's uh, trailer today. And can't wait for it. Cannot. I was going to ask if you were excited. Oh, my God, yes. Anyway, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> Not just professional wrestling, but Japanese professional wrestling. Yes. How in the hell do you get into that? <laughs> um, you know, it, it, by a fantastic wrestler named Jushin Thunder Liger. And while everybody's listening to this, if you can safely go to the Googles and and type in Jushin Thunder Liger, you will see one of the coolest looking dudes ever. Whether it's any any genre, whether it's, you know, superheroes, wrestling, whatever it is. Jushin Thunder Liger is is an amazing professor, professional wrestler with an amazing look, one of the most iconic masks in wrestling. Um, and I, when I discovered him, you know, at this point, I don't know, 15, 18 years ago, um, it just, he, it was love at first sight. And this was also in the early days of eBay. And, oh, did I enjoy the early days of eBay. Um, yeah, that was so, that was kind of the frontier of buying shit, wasn't it? Oh, it was great. You know, um, you know, I could jump on jump on eBay and get all of these tape trades with these fantastic matches and wrestlers from from Japan, uh, specifically New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, and it was just it was a completely different style of wrestling. Uh, and it was it was captivating. It was incredible. It was very athletic, and these characters just looked phenomenal. It was nothing like I was seeing here. And I mean, just like any good rabbit hole, you know, you find one thing. In this case, you know, this wrestler Jushin Thunder Liger, and you start seeing all these other wrestlers. Um, the, again, with incredible. Uh, looks incredible wrestling, and again, just a different style of wrestling than what was happening here. Uh, so that was kind of the foray into it, and and how I just started learning about Japanese wrestling and and specifically New Japan Pro Wrestling. Where, where uh, did it start? Oh. What what was the what was the first time you found out about it? Who turned you onto it? Um, how did, you know, how I, did you get turned onto it? I don't know if. If I could point to anyone specifically, uh, I do know uh, Liger did did some appearances with uh, U.S. based wrestling promotions, WCW specifically, and so I think it was him coming over and doing these little spotlight shows and matches that kind of turned me onto it. Um, you know, and then like I said, you just kind of chase the rabbit and like, well, who is this guy? Oh, he's from <laughs> you know, he's from Japan. Well. Yeah, again, going back 15, 17, 20 years ago, um, it's not like you it's not like today where you can just turn on the TV, hit the DVR or go to YouTube and spend hours and hours and hours watching this stuff. Um, So that's where eBay came in, you know, people selling the best of Jushin Thunder Liger um, tournaments that he was in. Yeah. So now you've got four, six hour tapes that you're getting sent of, of these guys. Um, and yeah, like I said, he was, he was the, he was the gateway wrestler. 
to everything else. No. Oh, I'm I'm stunned. <laughs> That's all I can say. I'm stunned. Uh, and having said that, we're <clears throat> working uh, in parallel on parallel projects, uh, mm-hmm. looking towards uh, the convention season that's upcoming. Yes. And watching each other and, and seeing what it is we're doing, talking to each other. And all of a sudden, just out of the blue, I really want to go to Japan. Yeah. Well, that's been um, that's been on the bucket list for a while. Uh, an interesting X factor of having a kid is I think there's part of a panic attack that went that that goes along with having a kid. Um, and part of that panic attack manifested itself of like, oh, my God, what about all these places I'm not going to be able to go to? Not that I was ever <laughs> not that I was ever like a massive world traveler you know, nine years ago, 10 years ago. Um, but all of a sudden, you know, like I said, these, 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 I don't know, irrational panic attacks hit, um, and started just kind of making this list in my head of all the places I would like to go And Japan's absolutely one of them. Um, and for better or for worse, I'll give credit to lost in translation for that as well. Um, you know, there's some beautiful, quiet scenes in that movie, as you know, uh, Scarlett Johansson's character is exploring Japan, uh, and it's just it's gorgeously shot, gorgeously presented. Um, so you know, there are a couple different X factors of why Japan was in there. Um, so it's it's been in the back of my mind, uh, and then just <sighs> the stars aligned. Um, so, you know, the, the main thing was, so this company, this wrestling company, New Japan Pro Wrestling, they have their version of WrestleMania and it was coming up, um, you know, I think it was uh, January 4th, uh, and there was a lot of buzz being built up about it. Um, and also now you can watch New Japan Pro Wrestling on Access TV. So you don't need, like I said, you don't need to tape trade anymore. You can just turn on cable at you know ten o'clock on Friday nights now, and get this stuff. And plus, the internet just lets you. <laughs> the, the internet just lets you do deep dives into all these characters. What's going on? Um, so it's 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 never been more available and consumable. Um, and so I've just been watching it more and more and getting more and more into it. And so you know this the show happens. Um, and matches are announced, and myself and you know a bunch of other friends are just looking how this at the, how this card is coming together, and it looks like an absolutely fun, fantastic show, and you know bucket list type of stuff. I'm like oh, I you know love to go to that, and so you know a quick group chat starts up, um, and one of my friends goes, ah, I just looked at flights. It's too expensive. I'm out. And another one said, yeah, I'm out too. And the third one said, yeah, I guess so. But I'm still sitting there going, well, wait a second. How expensive is too expensive? And so I. <laughs> a and relative so, concept. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, you know, well, let me, let me see for myself. And 
I lo- and and Boston now has a direct flight to Japan. And so I looked it up and it was expensive, but it wasn't too expensive. And then I started searching for travel packages because I, I don't know. And this is mid-November, um, maybe late November. Um, yeah, because this was being planned right before Thanksgiving. Um, and so I'm looking at travel packages because I don't I don't know a damn thing. So there's definitely, okay, if I, if I do this, I need somebody holding my hand. And there were travel packages being put together of they'll get you your tickets and they'll get your, your hotel, which is great because, again, I don't know anything other than the little id in me has lost all control and is just saying, I want to go, I want to go, I want to go. All uh, right. So, so let me, let me, let me see. Yeah, yeah. You don't speak Japanese. No. You've never been to Japan. No. You don't, you're not a savvy world traveler of any kind. I've been to Montreal twice. And the back of your mind is saying to the rest of your body, Japan now wrestling. Yeah. Yes. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And so, and so I found the travel package and, you know, the travel package wasn't very expensive at all. Um, a lot, a lot less expensive than I was thinking about. And so, you know, I'm just doing the math with the flight and the travel package. Yes, it's expensive, but it's doable. And the moment I realized financially it was doable, I kind of went, oh, crap, I got to make a decision. Um, because now, and I, and this is what spurred that Facebook comment is like, it has just crossed into deathbed regret area. Like it's, it's, this is, this is all the stars lining up that I was talking about. Um, I don't know. And when, if you don't do it now, it's never going to happen. There's that part of it. Cause part of these stars lining up is like, I would, I was actually free in the beginning of January. Um, I don't know when I would be free again to just go like traveling to Japan on a whim. And I call two months a whim, you know, maybe actually if I'm if I'm on, like six weeks heads up, you know, in in a day I went from, well, let me just look at this to, oh, crap, I got to make a decision. Um, and so. As I was running it through my head, I was realizing that, like I said, this is going to be a deathbed regret because I can do it. And I have no idea if, when I would be able to do this again, at least in the near future. You know, in in my heart of hearts, um, in my heart of hearts, uh, ah, I hit a road bump. Um, Like I said, I just didn't know when all of these things would Right. You, you, re- you reach a point where you realize I can do this. Yeah. Or I can probably never do this. Yeah. Oh, that's that, 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 now. Yeah. So, like I said, yeah, one of the things about having having a kid and not being a multimillionaire is, you know, if 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 I ever go back with my son, he's going to he just needs to be older. So I, I don't know if that's five, 10, 15 years from now. You know, so it's kind of looking at that of like, well, all right, if I don't go now, the next window might not be for another 10 to 15 years. 
Um, and who the hell knows what will happen between now and 10 to 15 years. So, right. Absolutely. So this, so this whole thing is staring me in the face and this is where I've got to give, you know, so much credit to my wife, Tracy, who, you know, after, you know, this, she November, is a saint. There's no this, question about it. <laughs> this, yeah, this, this November will be 20 years that we've been together. Congratulations. Um, and thank you. And so she knows me by now. All the good, all the bad, all the impulsive. She knows me. Um, and so I was, I was driving and I was calling to check in with her. And so I called her and she answered the phone with, so you're going to go. Not, not a question, not, not judging. It was, so you're going to go. And Perfect. Yeah. You know, wow. Because she knows me, you know, yeah. she knows me. She knows how much this, you know, how much the, it would, it would, it would mean to me and how much it would mean to me if I didn't go. And again, I, and not as a threat, just as a pure, like mathematical, you know, equation of it all. Um, you know, and so we talked and we ran the numbers and it was like, okay, I can, like I said, this is expensive, but doable. I can do this, and the kid's still going to have a great Christmas. The heat's still going to be paid for. Uh, the, the mortgage is still going to be paid, and we're all going to eat just fine. Um, and so uh, a couple hours after I made that kind of like vague, crap, I have a decision to make, I'm sitting there going, oh, crap, I guess I'm going to go. And so... As I'm going through this, my brother, who was part of this conversation where everybody says, ah, it's too expensive, I'm out. He just types types back, so wait, are you going? <laughs> and I said, yeah. and I said, yeah, yeah, I think I'm going to go. And he's like, I'm in. Um, so, and he and I have done San Diego Comic-Con and New York Comic-Con many times. We, we know how to travel together um so you know him coming along uh was great it was going to add to the experience you know i like i said i was ready to go on my own um but you know it's always it's always a little more fun no it's always a lot more fun to travel with somebody if anything just to elbow them and go you're seeing this too right yeah, <laughs> or especially like going into a situation, going into Tokyo, where like I said, I know nothing. You've got at least somebody else to bounce ideas off of, or like if you're completely lost, at least you're completely lost together. Yeah, that's you, well, of- you're not totally lost because there's always that that bond there. That yes. uh, you know, so that that's always a good thing. And you know this. Whether it was Kismet or or the Cosmos coming together, um, so like you said, I've been juggling a bunch of stuff and a bunch of stuff rattling through my brain, and I came across a quote that I can't remember who said it, but I saw it, and in where I am right now, I kind of held on to that, and the quote was, "Get in over your head and then figure it out." Nice, uh, and nice. I. I I like that a lot um, because I know sometimes I overthink things or I become very concerned about about just things. And that can turn into uh, complacency or it turns into not doing anything. 
Um, so this idea of, you know, we'll go into the deep end and figure it out. Um, because you can, you can figure it out, uh, whatever that thing is. And so all of these, you know, again, just kind of talking about stars aligning. So I kind of see this quote and I decide, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to see what happens if I start trying to live this quote. And then this whole Japan thing comes together where it's like, well, I I either got to walk the walk or shut up about, you know, babbling to my friends about, you know, you know, fi- you know, jump in and figure it out, blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, here's my first test. What am I going to do? And, you know, well, I'm going to, I'm going to get in over my head and then figure it out. Um, and then, so then, so then it was, then it was done. And then checks were cut and, and airline tickets were purchased. And it was kind of that moment of, you know, you hit confirm, and I just look at my brother. My brother looks at me. It's like, well, I guess we're doing it now. Um, <laughs> and then became, and then it became a six-week dash to figure out what the hell we were doing. You know, um, how the hell do we get from uh, Narata? I always pronounce it wrong. How do we get from the airport to Tokyo? Um, how do we get around how we you know, when we you know conversion rates of money um and plus part of the x factor in all of this is we were told our hotel would be in a general vicinity we weren't told exactly <laughs> where where the hotel was um so there is a bit of of you know, rolling the dice of that we were told our tickets would be waiting for us so there's a bit of faith and trust about that um and then we're and the other thing that makes this story ridiculous is we extended our stay by a day so ultimately we spent 27 hours flying for 72 hours in tokyo that's kind of the other ridiculous part of this is that we were in tokyo for three days and only two of and only two full days so this, you know, we we weekended in Tokyo, which is a ridiculous thing to say. Well, unless you're like French Flooney or something, yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. Right, right, right. you know, and we are not. Um, so, but I mean, what I will say, and I don't know if if anybody else is, you know, I don't know, intimidated about traveling or going somewhere you don't know. Um, the internet is is an amazing place. We got around without a hiccup thanks to Google Maps. You know, we we it told us everything we needed to know down to the minute of you know where to transfer, where to pick up the train, how long it would take to walk from X to Z, all that stuff. Um, I found YouTube clips of how to transfer from one train station to the other. Um, you know, they just took out their phone and they walked from the exit over here to the entrance over there. And, you know, <laughs> lo and behold, two weeks later, I'm like, this is exactly what that YouTube, you know, video was showing me. You know, that's that sign that was there. Um, the the world is kind of demystified um, because of the Internet and, you know, the, the kindness of strangers. And it it really, 
um, was empowering and, you know, took a lot of the, I don't know, the, the concern or the trepidation away. I, it doesn't go fully away because you still realize I'm Tokyo. I don't speak a lick of Japanese. Um, you know, my brother coined this great, um, this, this just observation. He's like, I now know what a dog feels like. And I was like, well, what are you talking about? I was like, when we're there and we're trying to buy a thing, the cashier is talking to us the entire time. Um, and very, it's very, it's very formal and respectful, you know, basically saying, you know, this, it costs this much. This is what you're buying. This is what your change is. I'm going to put this in the bag. You know, so they're talking you through the whole thing. You don't understand a word of it. <laughs> they are giving you the full experience, and it's what a dog sits there when you're going like, you know, you know. Okay, Henry, we're gonna need to go outside and we're gonna go for a walk, and your dog's just looking up at you, going, "If you show me the leash, I'll know what's going on." But outside of that, you know, so we're sitting, and you know, if I if I knew the Japanese phrase of "It's okay, you don't have to talk to me." Because you're sitting you there a lot, yeah, so much. But you know, they're they're being incredibly respectful, um, and you're making eye contact, and you're nodding, and you're smiling, and you're saying thank you, um, you're saying arigato, uh, you know, all of that. But really, it's like, dude, this you you're putting way too much <laughs> effort into me. Um, so it was think of it, yeah. Yeah, um, so that was that was fun. Um, yeah, man, it was. So we just we just went for it. We we researched, you know, arcades. You know, the the ten best arcades in Tokyo, and we found out that a bunch of them were in kind of this this centralized area, about a thirty minute walk away from our hotel. And on top of that, there are a bunch of um, you know geeky toy stores and stuff like that all in this area. Um, you know, so we just started putting together, um, you know, just places we could go, like literally with our one day we had to be tourists. Um, and it was, it was a blast. We completely destroyed our legs and hips, uh, (laughs) walking around, um, you know, just barely getting back to our hotel room and, you know, someone had said, Oh, did you just, you know, crawl into bed i'm like no i didn't put any effort into it i just gave up life and gravity took me to the bed you know um but it was it was a blast man there were so many times my brother and i would you know we'd just look at the tokyo dome you know again uh, this 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 mythical place that i've seen on television a bunch of times i've heard about i've watched concerts there i've watched wrestling shows there you know but it was this thing over there and my brother and I are just are now staring at the sign and it's just one of those moments of like so we actually did it we said F it we'll figure it out on the fly and you know we went for it and it was it was amazing I can't I can't wait to go back you know my brother kind of called it you know it's the scouting expedition yeah uh, now, now you're going planning for the long edition. Oh yeah, uh, my my dream um, besides going back is I would love to go back 
with like two weeks and sure. pick a whole bunch of spots, you know, up and down the country and spend a day, a day and a half in the little, you know, in, in places all up and down, um, you know, Tokyo is, is amazing. And it's, and it's, it's just this constant noise, um, which, Again, you kind of you you read about or you see about or you see in a movie, but then you're in the middle of it, and there's just kind of moment of like, oh, that wasn't a Hollywood story. This is what it's like, and there's you know, it's just it's a blast to be in the middle of it all and taking it in, and you know, just the number of times I just tried to slow down and take it all in. Yeah, well, the city what, doesn't allow you to slow down, does it? No, well, it's weird. We so I don't, and this is the other reason I want to go back. So that that their New Year's week for them is like a week long holiday. Um, and I don't know if this is every day, but the majority of stuff that we wanted to see didn't open until eleven in the morning, and it closed at nine. So, and I don't know if that's a, a byproduct of the holiday week there, or that's just how this area of of Tokyo rolls. Is that you know eleven to nine? That's what you're open, which would be fine if you weren't jet lagged and completely screwed up, where you're waking up at five in the morning, right? Just trying to get to seven in the morning because that's when they serve you breakfast. And then you're you know you extend breakfast as long as you can, so maybe it's eight thirty or nine, and you still got two hours to kill. And we wrestled with that idea of well, yeah, we could go back to our room for two hours, but we're in Tokyo for seventy two hours. It felt <laughs> like it would it felt like a complete waste to be in our hotel for two hours. Um, you know, so it was it yeah it was. Like I said, it was a blast. It was a whirlwind. Um, but I would love to go back with more time. And one of the things we kind of we, – we were originally intimidated by the train system. But then we started using it and realized it's the most amazing system out there. I mean, you know, they really, they really take care of the gaijin, you know, where every stop also has the, an American, an English announcement on it. And so by the end of it, we were starting to feel froggy about, well, maybe we could take the train somewhere else. You know, uh, here's yeah. a dangerous thought. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it opens up so much. Um, so, so yeah, that's so, so re- my, my love of Japanese wrestling uh, gave me a moment and a thing that, you know, that I, I won't regret. You know? and so, it was, so talk it was, a little bit about the wrestling itself, what do, did that, you know, when you finally sat down in the amphitheater and you're there and you're watching it, was it everything you'd hoped it would be? Absolutely. Um, because, again, you just you just try and take a moment and you take a breath and look around and you just remind yourself, I'm in the freaking Tokyo Dome. You know, I in kind of like I'm not supposed to be here. Um, we put this whole thing together with six weeks notice. Yeah, we flew halfway around the country with six weeks notice. Um, you're you know, again, you're you're in a place that you've only seen on television. Now you get to experience it 
on your own. Um, I one of the big things that people noticed is with American wrestling crowds, like they're always loud, they're on their feet, they feel like they should be a part of the show. Japanese audiences are much more reserved and quiet, and you know they're not a vocal part of the show. They will clap and applaud at big moments, but that's it. Um, How weird was that for you? I'm sorry? How weird was that for you? Um, I wouldn't say it was weird because, again, I've watched enough. um, And actually, this promotion um, put out a a how-to video of basically, so you're an American at a New Japan show. Here's what not to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it was funny, too, because uh, <clears throat> way back in when I was in Tokyo, uh-huh. I went to go see a Tokyo Giants baseball game. Yep. And uh, I watched uh, a foul ball come into the stands, and a kid caught the ball, and he's got a big smile on his face. And an usher comes over and puts out his hand, and the kid gives him the ball. I go, What? Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's kind of like, yeah, the guy guy who, who brought me there. No, no, no. That's supposed to happen. And I went, oh, right. geez. Yeah, there's yeah. a whole lot of that's supposed to happen stuff that's kind of really foreign. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, of course, I, I mean, just realized the ridiculousness of that statement. You're in a foreign country. <laughs> of course it's foreign. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean <laughs> – it would. I, I thank the Tokyo Dome that their menus had pictures on them, so I could pick. You know, I could point to the lukewarm chicken nuggets, and I got my work <laughs> lukewarm chicken nuggets. Um, but yeah, man, I I don't. I the wrestling was. It was a fantastic show. Um, it was a blast to be a part of. Um, the, the main event matches, I mean, delivered, absolutely delivered, um, whether, whatever type of crowd you're in the middle of, I mean, being, being in the middle of a crowd that is very invested in a thing going on is always neat to, to feel that 360 of energy and enthusiasm it's always amazing to be in the middle of that. Um, and again, I tried to take moments of just listening and taking it all in. Um, and that was, you know, that was fantastic. Um, it, just, you know, I, I just never, I, tr- I tried as, as overdramatic as this sounds. And I apologize if it does. I just, tr- I never I tried to not forget how out of the blue and bizarre and wonderful this whole thing was, um, you know, and, and it was, like I said, it was a whirlwind. It was a blast. Um, it probably took me four or five days to, to get all of the lost sleep and my legs to recover, um, but man, the more I think about it, the more, you know, that desire to go back, it just what building. Was, what was the one thing that threw you more than anything else? The one thing you looked at and went, well, that's unexpected. I would, the, every announcement comes with it, with its own theme song. 
So if you if you think about like riding the trains in Boston, you know, all you get is, you know, next stop, Alewife. And, you know, two minutes later, next stop, Broadway. On the train, like before every stop would be a song, like a 30 minute or 30 second song followed by the announcement. Um, and it would be very, it would be very light and it would be very keyboardy, but it was there. So there was, there was, there was always some sort of music going on. There's always some sort of noise going on. Um, and man, when we were walking around Tokyo and yeah, I just wanted to check out every arcade, um, that we could, we walked into, I think it's a pachinko halls. Yeah. It was, I, I, I don't know how to describe it. It was the most arresting, disconcerting sound I've ever heard because, you know, the doors were closed and they, you know, you walk towards the door, the doors automatically open and you are hit with a sound that sounds like a 747 engine revving. It, <laughs> like I immediately with fear in my eyes turned to my brother and went, what the F? Cause it was just, it was oppressively shockingly loud. So that's the first thing that hit me. The next thing that hit me was like all of these machines, you know, four dozen, five dozen of these machines have somebody playing in them. All of them seem very settled in what they're doing. Like they're just, they're not going to go anywhere anytime soon. And being the musician and, and being my, my fear of course is tinnitus. Um, seeing all of these people in this closed small room with this aircraft carrier sound, I just look at, I just looked at it and was, I am very worried about all of these people and this noise. It was like, I immediately like just turned around. I was like, we can't, we can't be here. It, <laughs> I, I immediately got very scared <laughs> from, from this, from it. Um, so I will I will say those were you know those were the memories that that went by and I mean the other thing I'll take away from it is anybody we needed help from or had an interaction with super nice um, oh that's the nice, best isn't it nice helpful um, patient oh my lord so patient um, you know it just it was it was wonderful it was wonderful and it and it helped kind of you know kind of take that that i don't know take the edge away a little you know, bit pe uh, pe people say to me that you know because of the travel that i've done throughout the years that i've been around that they envy me but i i right now i am envying the hell out of you for just <laughs> okay. for just you know grabbing the moment taking the moment and do, having this this wonderful uh, uh, experience to add to the collective that is you, and that's that's just amazing. Congratulations, man! I, I'm, oh. you know, this this is just great. Thank you, and it, it's neat to hear the other people like yourself who are kind of excited by it because in the planning, it could be 
daunting and you get wrapped up in the minutiae, you know, the how do I get from A to B? How are we going to get our tickets? You know, you get wrapped up in it. But having you kind of come across and saying that's amazing, it's kind of it's a great moment of like, this is neat. You know, yes, I am. I am scared to death. I'm going to be lost on a Tokyo train and not know where I'm going. Um, but you know what? It, it, it was, it was, it was, it was neat. It was, like I said, it was a surprise and it was, it was the right, you know, it was the right thing to do. It, and like I said, this, this whole dive in, you know, get in over your head and figure it out. Um, it's, it's, it's a philosophy that's, that's I'm trying to use more and more and it's yielding some, some fun things. So, and as David know. Letterman is wont to say, it's more fun than humans should be allowed to have. <laughs> George, thank you so much for joining us tonight, man. I really appreciate it. Uh, it's it's good to be back doing the podcast again. It's good to have you back as our first guest of the new year. Uh, Kriana, hit the theme and let's get the hell out of here. What do you say? I love you all. Thank you again. <laughs> Thank you, my friend. Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of GraniteCon, King Comic Con, BooksandBooze.com, and ComicArtHouse.com. Visit Comic Art House for some of the best deals on original art from dozens of your favorite artists. Take a look at Sci-Fi Saturday Night's first anthology, My Peculiar Family, now on Amazon and BarnesandNoble.com. More news coming soon about My Peculiar Family 2, The Hunt for Curly's Gold. Our intro music production was provided by Rob Watts. Find more of his creations at robwattsonline.com. Our outro was provided by Lawrence Made Me Cry. Check out their grooves at lawrencemademecry.com. And congratulations on the upcoming wedding. Many thanks to the gang for joining us tonight. For the Peabody Time Tunnel, it was Kriana. And we miss the rest of the people. This is Dome saying, Terry and Jeannie, shared pain is lessened, shared joy increased. Thus do we all refute entropy. Enjoy the chaos. That sounds good. That sounds perfect.